You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Mark Kirkendall. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday service now. Good morning, everyone, and happy Easter. We're so glad you could join us this morning. But I do have to say, this is the most unusual Easter of my entire life. But what we come to remember, what we are here to celebrate, hasn't changed. We are here this morning to pay special attention to the resurrection. But not just the historical fact of a resurrection, but the resurrection of the very Son of God, Jesus Christ. And as you've heard this morning, all of our faith is dependent upon this. In fact, you've heard this morning that without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no forgiveness of sins. It tells us there's no hope for this life or the life to come. And that our faith is meaningless. It is futile, it tells us, without the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, around Easter every year, I love to read the Gospels again of the account of the resurrection of Jesus. I love where Mary goes early in the morning to the tomb finds the stone rolled away, and an angel speaks to her. Then she runs back and she tells everyone else. But one of my favorite scenes has to be from the Gospel of John chapter 20. Well, Peter and John hear of the news, uh, of at least a resurrection of the rumor of it, and they take off running for the tomb. Well, as they're running, being a little bit quicker, John outruns Peter. He gets to the tomb and... John hesitates. He pauses. Well, not old Peter. He comes bringing up the rear and he just blows right past John straight into the tomb. Well, this morning, I want us to look at an unusual passage, maybe around Easter, maybe one we've never heard. I want us to go to the book of Revelation. I want us to go to Revelation chapter 1. We'll cover about 16, 17 verses of this chapter. So I want us to see that from the book of Revelation, the uh, one that outran Peter is going to write this book. But there's some things that we need to know about John that will help us this morning. One is that John met Jesus when he was young. He had a brother named James, was also called as a disciple, and they were fishermen. Their father, we're told, was a man named Zebedee. And they were given the nickname, the Sons of Thunder. Well, Jesus, He calls twelve disciples, and even among this twelve, there was kind of this uh, inner circle. And in this inner circle, you find Peter, James, and you find John. In fact, one of the descriptions we have of John, the author of Revelation, it says that he was the disciple whom Jesus loved, or the beloved one. Not that Jesus didn't love all the others, but it seems that John held this unique place with Jesus. In fact, we read the Gospels and John is in all the intimate moments with Jesus. I think it's safe to say that John knew Jesus better than anyone. We read in the uh, book of Acts chapter 12 that John's brother James, he is the first disciple that is martyred. By the time John is going to write this book, he's in his 80s or possibly even in his 90s. When John is going to write this book, all of the other disciples have been martyred. John 
is the last one left. Well, there's an emperor in Rome named Domitian, and Domitian wanted everyone to worship and to bow down to him, but John refused. So Domitian sets out to kill John, and he has him boiled alive. But John survives. Well, Domitian doesn't know what to do with this, and so Domitian exiles John to the island of Patmos. And it's from there that John writes this book around 95 A.D. Here's what we need to understand, that John, well into his 80s, possibly his 90s, he is all alone. Every other disciple has been martyred. I believe John is weary. I believe he's still bearing the scars from Domitian. And I think you could say that if there is anyone all alone on this island that John would want to see, it would be his beloved friend Jesus. So let's pick in Revelation chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. He says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, and that is what this book is all about. It's the unveiling of Jesus, which God gave Him to show to His servants the things that must take place. He made it known by sending His angel to His servant John, who bore witness to the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that He saw. So John is given a message from this angel and he is to record it, to send it out. Because notice the audience in verse 4. It says, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and is to come. And from the seven spirits who were before his throne. So John is to record this message for the seven churches in Asia. And notice the message of Jesus in verse 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of earth, to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood, and has made us a kingdom, priest to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And what you see is this threefold description of Jesus. He was the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. What's important is that when you read back through the Old Testament, there were three offices that God used to lead and to guide His people. He uh, provided prophets that would speak for Him. He provided priests that would go to be the go-between between the people and God. But he also used kings. But when we read back through these earthly prophets and priests and kings, they were sinful beings. And so there were limitations to what they would do. And many of them failed. But the picture of Jesus is Him coming as our ultimate prophet, our ultimate priest, and our ultimate king. That Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these. So then John in verse 7, is given a description of a future time of the second coming of Jesus. And it reads this way. Behold, He, speaking of Jesus, is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him. Even those who pierced Him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. Even so, Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, 
and is to come the Almighty. In fact, I think if there is one person that John would want to hear from and to sit and to talk with, it would be Jesus. And here He is given the picture of the second coming. And I believe John is looking forward to this more than anything. Here He is in His 80s or 90s all alone. The last disciple left. And John is given this picture of one day getting to see Jesus coming on the clouds to call His bride home. But it's this next scene that begins a very moving time. In verse 9, it goes on to read, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation, and the kingdom and the patient endurance that is in Jesus, who is on the island called Patmos, on account of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. So John acknowledges that I am here because of who Jesus Christ was and what He did, and my faith in Him, and I will not turn from that. But he recognizes that he's all alone. He's the very last disciple left. Well, into his 80s or 90s, he's battered, he's scarred, and he's all alone. But in verse 10, notice what you see John doing. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Meaning it's Sunday. And John is found worshiping. I think John is thinking back over the last six decades. Thinking back through all the other disciples that have gone before him. Remembering all those that he uh, walked the landscape with. The things he heard Jesus teach. The things he saw Jesus do. And he is remembering all of these things. But it's been 60 years since he's seen his friend Jesus. He's all alone with his thoughts and his memories. But this drives him to worship Jesus on that Sunday morning. Then all of a sudden, John says, I heard from behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. So here's a voice like a trumpet telling him to send this letter, what he sees, to send it to these seven churches. But then John turns around. In verse 12 he says, And then I see, I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, And in the midst of the lampstands was like a son of man clothed in a white long robe and a gold sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like the flame of a fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined by the furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. And in his hand he held the seven stars From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. And John knows exactly who this is. And what a description. And notice what happens in verse 17. John turns around, When I 
saw him. He turns around and he sees his friend that he has not seen in 60 years. I believe the one person John wanted to see more than anyone is now standing right beside him. He sees Jesus. And John is overwhelmed. He says, I fell at his feet as though dead. He falls down as if he is lifeless. But then John hears the voice of all voices. He hears Jesus say, He laid His right hand on me. Can you imagine how that felt to John being all alone on this island? The last disciple standing and he feels the touch of Jesus. And then he hears Him say, Fear not, for I am the first and the last, the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. Says John, fear not. Yes, I died, but I am alive. And he says, and you see, John, in my very hands, I hold the keys to death in Hades. I have conquered all. And I can imagine what this was like for John. In fact, I think this is one of the most dramatic, the most powerful, most intimate scenes we have in all the Scriptures. It's Sunday. John's all alone. He is the last disciple. And he is visited by his friend Jesus that puts his hand on his shoulder and says, Fear not, for I am alive. John sees his friend. And he sees his King alive. And this is what we come to remember and this is what we celebrate this morning. That the King, our King, is alive. So I want you to know, no matter who you are, no matter what your emotional state might be right now, no matter your lack of knowledge or lack of accomplishments, or, or no matter your, your past mistakes or failures, regardless of the doubts you have, God wants you to believe something. God wants you to believe as John does, knowing Jesus is alive. And that He has conquered sin and death and holds those keys in His hand and that He is coming again. And so on this Easter morning, that is what I want to ask you. Do you believe this? Have you trusted all that you have and all that you are for this life and the life to come into the hands of Jesus? Because I want you to know that one day, you will meet Jesus face to face. But He will either be your loving Savior or He will be your eternal judge. And so if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ this morning, I pray that this would be the day on Easter of 2020 would be the day that Jesus becomes your King and your Savior. But if you do believe that, if He is your King, I pray that you would cling to that truth this morning, knowing that one day you will hear the sound and you will turn around and you will see Jesus face to face. And what a day that will be. So everyone listening, I hope that you know this. 
I hope you know something and believe something that John came to believe. There was only one thing that Jesus ever abandoned, and that was the tomb. And he wants John to know, I will never, ever abandon you. And that truth is the same for all those that trust in Jesus Christ. Because there's only one thing that Jesus ever abandoned, and it was the tomb. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. And if you have any questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at Bethelbible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.